0: Hey, Sandy. Hey, Rob. What's that you're reading? Oh, this? It's the new book by award-winning real estate investor Quentin D'Souza, The Property Management Toolbox. It has all of the tools and systems for starting out as a new landlord and all of the resources to create less stress while expanding your rental portfolio. It is awesome. Wow, that sounds amazing. Where can I get one? Just go to dot. TheOntarioLandlordToolbox.com
1: The Property Management Toolbox A How-To Guide for Ontario Real Estate Investors and Landlords I'm going to order my copy right now. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast Episode 6
0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you live the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me, as always, uh, bright-eyed, ready to go, Sandy McKay. Right, Sandy? How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. I am uh, I guess I'm a bit bright-eyed. I don't know. but. <laughs> I'm uh, definitely excited to do this and excited to share this uh, this stuff we got for everyone today. I think it's going to be a great episode.
0: Well, always bright-eyed, right?
1: Oh, of course, I know.
0: Today, we're going to talk a little bit about this report that you've written, the seven freedom activators you can trigger in your property starting right now. And uh, this is a really awesome report that we're giving away for free. Yep, yeah, totally free over on
1: breakthroughreipodcast.ca. So, we want to encourage everyone to go pick that up, and I think it's uh, something that is really suitable for anyone with any kind of rental property already, or anyone looking to get into the rental uh, investment property game. Kind of goes into a little bit of property management, a little bit of you know finding the right tenants and all that. And it's, it's yeah, it's really good. So we're going to get into that and dive deeper into each Freedom Activator.
0: And we just want to remind you again that we'd really appreciate any feedback that you have. Uh if you like the show, go on to iTunes and leave us a comment or write a review. And speaking of review of uh reviews, I'm actually gonna read one right now that's left over on iTunes. So let me pull it up. Let's see. All right, here we go. This one was left by James Kennedy. It says Finally, a real estate investing podcast for Canadians. The information given by both Sandy and Rob is amazing. Listening to their speakers, who, by the way, are some of the most respected professional investors in the DTA is so great. The tips and tricks they reveal are priceless. I recommend this podcast to any real estate investor, regardless if you are a beginner or not, anyone who lives in Canada. Keep up the good work and looking forward to your next podcast. So that's really great. Uh we appreciate you writing that for us, James. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, and and just to be clear, if someone were to write in something like, You guys suck, I hate you, you guys are terrible, you don't know anything, I mean that would be great too, right? <laughs> it's just
0: just Well, it wouldn't them. be great, but I'd read it.
1: Exactly. It would be great feedback. I mean, whatever you want to put, doesn't really matter to us as long as you know, let us know what you think. And I know we're not gonna get that because we're delivering awesome value here and some great information and it's totally for free but if someone wants to uh rip into us then go for it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah give us a reason why i mean if you it's it's one thing to say we suck but if we suck back it up with some evidence (laughs) for sure yeah so um yeah go over there and also click subscribe while you're there and you will be delivered the new podcasts as they come out which now i think is going to well, I don't want. We don't want to promise anything, but it looks like the frequency we're going to put them out is a is going to be possibly on the fifteenth and the first of every month.
1: Yeah, and I think we. Uh, it's kind of been, you know, we started out on the trying to do the fifteenth, and it hasn't lasted too long because we got some really good amount of listeners and everything, and people are kind of excited about it, and we're getting a lot of interest in people coming on the show. Figured. You know what the heck we gotta we gotta get this info out there because there's a lot of great people and great uh, value to be delivered. So if that's the case, we better we better deliver it more often, right? So so every well that was just it basically.
0: Yeah, and that was just it too. Like we didn't want to start telling people. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take long to start getting backed up. And I mean, if we have a guest on and tell them, oh yeah, you're gonna be your show's gonna come out in four months. (laughs) maybe whatever they're trying to promote isn't necessarily, well, it'll still be relevant. I'm sure, but, uh, uh, people would probably appreciate it if it came out a little bit quicker than that. So that was the reason for that as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. I love doing this. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I I like talking to uh, all of the guests and we get just as much, if not more out of it than all of the listeners do, I would imagine. So it's just a lot of fun. Well, that's the thing, too, is that
1: we're have we now on episode six here, and, you know, the first few were kind of just getting going. You know, both of us, this is our first podcast experience, and we've kind of looked at it and said, man, this is a lot of fun. we got to amp it up a little bit and keep rolling, because it's going great so far. We've had some great speakers, and we just, you know, why not? We're going to go for the first and the 15th now. So, a lot of great stuff for people to keep checking in on. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned on the last episode, this is a uh, the seven freedom activators that we're going to go through here. You, this is a system that you came up with after I read it the first time, after I went through it. I was uh, I was really impressed with all of the free information that we're going to be giving away uh, with this report. And so we thought we should dedicate a whole podcast to it. And uh, we're going to go a little more in-depth on each of these, if that's possible. There's so much information in here.
1: There is a lot and I know we're gonna, we're gonna get through it though pretty well here and I gotta give a quick shout out to uh, Kate, uh, my girlfriend Kate. She's someone who helped me a lot on this and she's been managing properties and stuff for a long time, um, through her own job and all that and she's, you know, a lot of experience in the managing side of it. And, uh, so she's definitely had some input into this report here and into these freedom activators. I can't really go forward without mentioning that. But yeah, let's get, let's get going here. Let's start, uh, let's start creating some freedom for people.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it.
1: All right. So let's get into the first one here. And, and, uh, and the first one is to narrow your focus select a tenant profile, and stick with it. So stick with that tenant profile. And I think that this is really going to be relevant for people who own properties already, and also for people who maybe don't own property yet or are looking to get into it, or are just looking to make a new purchase. It really starts before you buy the property. You want to know what kind of tenant profile you're looking for, and that's going to also help you to narrow down the properties that you're looking at. I know that's something that people struggle with is just selecting the right area or the right city, the right neighborhood and stuff to invest in. And when you really narrow it down and you find out the a really specific tenant profile that you're looking for and you want to be dealing with, it helps you find that, that right property for you. So establishing a tenant profile before you ever even purchase the property is really very important. You can, of course, go back and, and, and do this after you've already bought the property, but it's really, really, really useful to do this beforehand. Uh, something to consider when you're looking for a property um, are the, the things around the property. So is there something like a university nearby, um, a hospital, a highway, or or highways and, and access to highways, a public transit, restaurants, schools, high schools, elementary schools that sort of thing, Uh, libraries, waterfront, recreational facilities. Things like this are really important features to look out for when you're trying to select your tenant profile and the property that you want to be purchasing. Because obviously, if you're looking at an area where there's a university, um, you're going to have a lot of students and you're going to get that type of, of tenant profile a lot more easily than you would to have a property in the university area and if you know if you're looking for older couples you're not going to be able to get that as easily in a university area whereas if you're looking in an area that has you know lots of good restaurants around maybe a elementary school nearby that sort of thing you're going to get more families so just knowing your area is really key and and that's something I think is important for for those of you listening to, uh, to start with when you're selecting your tenant profile. So, you know, you want to, you want to think about your tenant profiles in a few different ways. I, I, I guess, what do you think about that? Like, how do you select a tenant profile? Is that, is this something you do? Do you look at the area pretty carefully?
0: See, one of the things that's important is because I'm mostly a duplex investor, so I can't generalize because I'm going to have a different profile for the people that are living upstairs as the people that are living downstairs. But you can keep that consistent for the, um, my upper units and my lower units. I'm pretty specific. Like I like to have a one bedroom in the in the bottom section because I just find that that. Usually a single person living in the lower unit helps with with everyone getting along. And then upstairs, you'll usually get a family with some kids. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely it depends on the location as well too because my one duplex has five bedrooms upstairs and it's close to UOIT downtown, which is the uh, University of Ontario. So we have a student rental upstairs and then a one-bedroom apartment downstairs with a couple and that works there because you know hey, a, a little bit of noise coming from downstairs isn't going to bug some students as much as it is going to bug a family
1: mm-hmm. and so and and so the other thing too is to look at maybe the the level of incomes that they bring in right I mean, that and you nailed it too that's the important thing especially with the duplex is that your your two tenants can get along right because if you have tenants that aren't going to be able to get along, then you're going to have a lot more tenant to tenant issues and you're going to have to go in there and mediate that in some way uh, as the landlord. So I think duplexes especially are really important that you get the tenant profile down properly. And they might not, you might, like you say, you might not have the same tenant profile if you, on like your upper floor as you would on your, your basement apartment if that's the way the, the house is set up. But as long as you have an idea of what your upper-level tenants are going to be like and what your lower-level tenants are going to be like, then you're at least going down the right path.
0: Yeah, and I mean, basically, the only time that you're going to have to fill both places at the same time is when you first purchase the property and it's ready to be tenanted. I mean, generally, they're not going to move out at the same time. I guess it could happen. But I have often gotten requests for um the traits or the type of person that they would like to have in the lower unit from the people upstairs, and it's something of course that you could take into consideration I mean as long as it works for everybody, you're better off to you know try to at least fulfill their requests of uh, who they'd like to have downstairs,
1: yeah, and I think so, I agree, I think it's something you need to consider. And then not necessarily deliver 100% if that's not going to be congruent with what you're thinking. But definitely, yeah, you need to consider it. I think actually, you know, the main thing here is that you need to think about your property as a business. I think that's the first and foremost, maybe the most important thing here. And your tenants are almost like kind of like employees, right? They're part of your business. You want to have good employees in any business to keep your business going. In the same way here, you want to have good tenants to keep your property moving and appreciating, creating cash flow for you, all that good stuff. So it's important to at least consider what they think, right? Just as you would consider a good employee's recommendations in your business, you want to consider a good tenant's recommendations in this scenario as well, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's worked out for me because if you can do that, if it makes sense, then they're they're going to be much happier with your choice too, so... Mm -hmm. it's always a bonus.
1: Yeah. And so I think the way I look at it is, and the way I break it down to simplify it is there's, there's three main levels. So you have an A level tenant who is maybe someone or, or, or a family who brings in a moderate to high level of income. And then there's a B level where they're low to moderate income levels. And then, and then C level where they're very low to low income levels. And just to generalize that, in that way, it makes it pretty easy to select a profile. You want to maybe at least break it down to A, B, and C, and have an idea of what level, what level of tenant you want to have in your property. And then, you know, to break it down even further than that, you can look at things like uh, and break it down into categories like young professionals, uh, young families, young blue-collar people, older families, older professionals, older blue-collar uh, type of people. And then there's also retirees who aren't employed or anything anymore. They're retired and they're, you know, whatever income level you want to add that to. So I think, I think those are some categories that you can break it down into and get a, an idea of the tenant profile that you're looking for. Do you think that makes sense, Rob?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with the, all of that.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think that's a really important thing to start out with is to know your tenant profile, know what you're looking for. And just set yourself up in the beginning by by identifying that profile, purchasing the right property that goes along with that tenant profile, and then just simply filling your property with those types of tenants. I think that's a great way to start. Definitely. Yeah. And of course, by doing that, you're going to save yourself a lot of uh, stress in the long run. You're going to just create a lot more freedom or activate a lot more freedom in your life. So that's number one. That's a really good starting point. Let's go to number two, which is to use compelling advertising that attracts your perfect tenants. I think the main point on this one is that advertising and like finding tenants and showing the property, all this type of stuff is a lot of talking to prospective tenants, all that sort of stuff. It's it's the tasks, right? It's not exactly fun stuff. It's something that you have to do and it's something you want to just kind of get over with a lot of the time. And so writing compelling ads is a really, really key aspect here because you're going to, in the end, find tenants a lot easier and you're going to find your preferred tenants a lot easier. So what I like to start out with here, when you're thinking about writing ads for your property, and by ads, I'm talking about classified ads, things you're going to put on Kijiji or Craigslist or um, what are some other websites, Rob, that you use? View it. <laughs>
0: Uh, we use, um, I, I just actually joined the call back up. Did you notice that? Oh, no. Did I lose you there? Yeah, it was gone through that whole thing. Oh. Pfft. I just came back.
1: Didn't even notice. Uh, I was in the zone kind of. Uh,
0: places for students is another one that we use a lot. Yeah, right. And I mean, some of the paid ones are worth are worth having a look at too. The free ones will get you, they won't get you your specific tenants that you're looking for necessarily. They're going to get you replies from everyone.
1: And so, especially in the case of students, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I know you yeah. were just telling me, why don't you just mention the type of <laughs> type of replies you were getting from your student rental ads lately.
0: Well, they're all over the place, but when, when you put them up on the free sites, you get mostly... It doesn't matter what you write in the ad. I don't even think people read the ad. To be honest with you, they just see room and just call the number. <laughs> so um, I would say 85% or more of the calls that we're getting uh, right now even are not students, just other other different scenarios. And you can probably guess what they are. Just name them all, and you're getting uh, someone from every walk. But, you know, especially when you got students in there, I could could easily have filled the place with non-students, but that's not the point, right? The point is, um, especially when you have a few students in there, they don't want, they they like to be surrounded by other students. So like you said, keep a profile and stick to it. That's what you do. And uh, it can be tough. But So that's another reason why you would go to these paid sites where really it is only the students that have access to it. And they're going to be the ones that are calling you through there. So that's really helpful. And if you don't have student rentals, I mean, Kijiji works great for me. I don't have any problem getting rid of. And I know you, you've uh, had the same experience where when your one of your apartments comes available, you can find a really good tenant. It doesn't take too long. They're lined up on the front lawn waiting to see it. And uh, they go really quickly. So Kijiji works great for that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Totally. And just the other week, we were filling a new, uh, a rental there, and we had, uh, we had eight people come just, just from Kijiji. We had eight people show up uh, just from one simple ad on Kijiji, and we ended up finding great tenants just through that. And that was like, um, you know, within, within a week's time. So K- Kijiji is great. It's our go to for sure. Uh, but there's also those other uh, sites that we mentioned there too that you can use. And, uh. And the important thing is, like, maybe the most important thing even is, is the headline of your ad. Because that that's the problem, too, is when you get people that don't even read the ad. They just read, room, $800 a month. Let's see what it's all about. Let's apply or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's something that uh, we're going to maybe get into. And the third activator is about screening your tenants properly. And I think, actually, that's perhaps one of the most important of these seven freedom activators is screening them. But to to even try and filter them a little bit before you get to that point, it is really important to write a good ad. Whether they're gonna read it or not is something that's hard to control, but I think at least starting out with a great headline, you can hopefully filter out some of those um, people that aren't gonna fit your your rental. And writing something like two beds, one bath, desirable location is, Something like that as a headline is is really kind of weak, where it, instead of something simple like that, where you're going to get all sorts of people calling about it, you know, you might be better off trying something like a uh, stunning two-bedroom in the heart of the city act now, that kind of thing, where where you're maybe going to get, that's going to definitely appeal to a lot more people. You want to get as many people as you can and then filter them anyways through, through proper screening. And the headline is a, definitely an important part of that. Um, the other no, thing- I think I
0: think there is a big difference between those two headlines. Okay, one shows, in my experience, you'll find that because I'm, you know, I'm looking for properties too, so I'll go on Kijiji and browse every once in a while at the rental ads and and that kind of thing and the ones with no pictures, the ones with a quick write-up there, you know that, that that guy doesn't necessarily put too much effort into his property, and that might be a good one to maybe go after, and you might be able to create some value, buy that one, and fix it up. And and that may be a generalization, but I find it to be true.
1: Yeah, pictures, actually, you know that there, is something I didn't mention, and that's huge. You, if you can't take the time to put a couple pictures in your ad, then... I mean, don't even write the ad because you really need a few photos in there. And I think you definitely need a good headline. Um, another good one that I'm just thinking about is, is something like peace and quiet at its finest with this three-bedroom beauty. Something like that. Something like that is going to hopefully at least steer away some of the people that maybe the party animals, you know, that kind of thing. And people who are going to be robbing you of your freedom, really, in the long long term. I think peace and quiet, just something about that, those two words, are going to filter out some of the people you don't want. Um, It may not always work that way, but I think that's going to at least be somewhat of a help. And bottom line is that you want to have a compelling headline, not just simple things like three-bedroom townhouse or two-bedroom apartment. You know, you want to make it compelling and you want to write in some sort of words that's going to be able to filter out the people that you don't want. At the same time, bringing in as many of the preferred tenants that you do want, right?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And the other thing to mention there on the ads is is the write-up. So, of course, the headline is important. And you also want pictures in there. And then you want to write the ad properly. You want to take your time with it. You don't want to just write up a a bunch of, you know, gibberish about your property because you want to get it out there as quickly as you can. You know, take half an hour, even an hour to write up a good, compelling ad that is going to bring in your preferred tenants and hopefully filter out some of the people you don't want. You know, it's really important. I I don't, I don't, I can't overstate that enough. I mean, people seem to not take their time writing the ads and it's just, it really is hurting them in the
0: long run. Well, now, when you say it half an hour, geez, that's a lot of time to write an ad out, Sandy. And every time you want to rent it out, you're going to have to spend that half an hour again and write it out again, aren't you?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, and I I can tell you're kind of playing devil's advocate there a bit, and that's great.
0: Once you write it once, spend half an hour, write it once. It's saved in your computer. Use it again. Use it next time. You won't have to write it again. Just once. That's it exactly you got it forever Exactly.
1: So. <laughs> yeah i know you got it and you know even if you didn't save it on your computer half an hour i mean i know everyone's busy in this and and that but half an hour spent right now as opposed to four months down the road and you're dealing with like fights between your tenants and people or worst case scenario your tenants not paying you for a few months you know what's more important you might as well spend your half an hour writing a great ad and and getting the right people interested as opposed to, you know, having all that stress down the road. Right. So it's all how you look at it. You know, you're, it's, it's an investment, you know, you're investing 30 minutes or however long it takes to avoid dealing with stress down the road.
0: Another little trick that you can do that we've done lots of is just uh, maybe borrow from other people's ads, the things that you like that sound good Mm -hmm. as long as they apply of course to yours you know, nothing wrong with that. Right.
1: Yeah. Borrow. Exactly. It's great. And it's like, it's almost like copying success, right? As long as you, as long as you can find the good stuff and not use the crap that's out there, then that's going to work great. At the same time, you do want to also have some differences too, right? Just so you can stand out a little bit, especially in a a really competitive rental market. Um, The other thing there too, is to talk about the benefits of your place. So it's great to mention all the features that your, that your property has. I think I, what I really like doing is adding a little bit of the benefit too. And you have to be careful with this not to not to uh, disobey some of the advertising laws and stuff that are out there. But I think it's really great if you just, instead of saying just simply, you know, hardwood floors, three bedrooms, you know, things like that. I think it's great if you say instead of, you know, just hardwood floors, but you add in hardwood floors and a little bit of a benefit that that's going to bring the tenant. So maybe hardwood floors, which are great to show off to your friends and impress guests. Something like that, you know. That's a lot more compelling than simply hardwood floors. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Shiny hardwood floors to blind you when you walk in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you can really – a great place to steal stuff for that is on uh, MLS or on – Properties that are actually for sale and not for rent. I think they tend to do a lot better job um, than rental ads do for that. In in showing off some of the benefits and not you know talking about the features, but you know just saying what the benefit of that feature is as well. And uh, yeah, with that, you got some ideas to write your perfect rental ad and apply or and uh, show it off to your your preferred tenant.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. There's a lot of uh, stuff there to think about, and you know, I guess if what you could probably do, would which would help, is just uh, download this report, and then, well, it's too late now, but I guess we're going to be doing this in a couple of parts. So next time you can follow along and make little notes if you want to. Write on the report.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think looking at the time now, we're probably going to break this into two sections. So. So this will be part one, and uh, yeah, if you want to go ahead and download it, then definitely that would be a great idea. You can make some little notes beside uh, the sections. Oh, what happened there? Did I lose you again?
0: Yeah.
1: All right. That's okay. We'll keep going. You're good now, right?
0: Yep. All right. So yeah, definitely. I think we'll break this into maybe even three parts. Uh, We may as well get right into it and and dig deep down in. If we're going to go through it, we, we should probably do that. I think that'll be really beneficial to everybody listening.
1: So let's get into the third Freedom Activator here, and it's, as I mentioned already, I think it's, it's the most important one, in my opinion, especially of these first three. It's just absolutely critical, and that is to screen your tenants like your life depends on it, because it, it really does, and your, your freedom depends on this so much in this business, as I mentioned before, tenants are essentially like employees for your business. And so if you think about it in a way that if you own your own business, or if hypothetically, you you did own a business, or if you're in a situation where you are, are hiring people for your company, or for a company you work for, you know, you would always screen potential employees, right? You would always interview them, you would always, well, hopefully you would, check references and, and all that, and try and find out a little bit about them before you actually bring them on as your employee. This is the same sort of thing in this business where you're not hiring, but you're finding proper tenants. You just you absolutely have to screen them as much as you can. I think what that starts out with is, is simply filling out an application. People don't always do this. Landlords don't always seem to do this they will a lot of times just verbally ask people you know a little bit about themselves or or whatever they do but they won't get a, every tenant every prospective tenant to fill out an application and i know you, you you get applications for that right Rob?
0: oh yeah and you know what we should do is uh, why don't we put um I'll, I'll I'll take one of my applications and I'll stick it up on the in the show notes and everyone can have a look at it just the simple questions that are on there will dig answers out of people that you didn't even like that you wouldn't be expecting Um, you'll get a lot of information and sometimes you'll find out some things that you go, Oh, you know, wow. Uh, Hmm. Maybe I better reconsider this person who I thought was great when I met them and they might be a great person. Nobody's saying that they're not. It's just that you, you've decided on your profile and maybe some of the information in there is, uh, not congruent with that and doesn't work out. So that's a really good way to do it. Definitely always do an application I mean even if you're not going to do a credit check as well, do an application doesn't hurt and you'll you'll get a lot of information out of them just ask the right questions and we'll put that up there uh in the show notes. you can have a look at it it's a really helpful tool
1: yeah that's awesome we should definitely we'll add that in there great idea and yeah, applications are just so so important. I mean, yeah, like you say, it it can bring out so many things that you might not have known just in meeting them. You know, it's great to have a gut feeling, and I think there's something to be said for first impression and that gut feeling that you get when speaking to someone, but it's not something you should be relying on totally. You know, you want to have them apply, go through the process, and just, it's the same thing over and over again. You don't want to ever stray from it. You just, you can create a process for yourself a system and just repeat it over and over and and part of that system needs to be that you have them fill out an application
0: uh yeah just as a little side note here I had a like and I like to trust my gut to a certain extent as well I do think that I do pretty well at that but here's one example where well it wasn't the application it was actually my other tenant that saved me but so I had uh, A one-bedroom basement apartment opened up, and a guy came in to have a look at it. And I talked to him, and I had a good feeling about the guy. He presented himself well. I knew he had a good job. And after he left, you know, I talked to him for about a half an hour, and everything seemed fine. I had uh, given him an application, too. But after he left, uh, my upstairs tenant said, you know what? I've seen him around my job site. And he's well known for pushing some contraband. (laughs) <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, hey, that's not going to come out on the application. But all I'm saying is that you never know who you're getting by a half an hour or 20 minute conversation with a person the first time you meet them. So the application is going to help <laughs> the best way it can. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, just on that gut feeling thing, there's one thing I wanted to just mention, because I think it's pretty important here, too, Is is when you are speaking with someone, if they seem to be kind of. Maybe a bit too null and this is something that won't probably show up on an application either. But if they sound a bit too knowledgeable on tenant rights and and tenants' issues with landlord, tenant board, things like that, I think that's always maybe a bit of a red flag. You might not want, you certainly want don't want professional <laughs> tenants. It's not something I think that is is extremely common but it is definitely out there and probably the last thing you ever want to be dealing with in a property in a tenant is that you know when you hear people talking about you know if if they just seem too knowledgeable on that stuff it's always a red flag I think in my opinion
0: Mm. um you can you can always throw that out there you can always say have you ever you ever had a bad landlord have you ever had to go to the landlord tenant board mm -hmm. for any reason and they'll they'll spill their guts people love to tell you about their hardships and i've read i've read ads before where people are applying for or looking for apartments and uh, you know they'll say uh, last landlord screwed me have no money need apartment now <laughs> like you know and and people will tell you their stories about their uh, landlords if you ask them some people love to so you can uh, find out a lot that way too yes definitely
1: yeah, and I think if you're hearing, and again, it's the same way as, as if you're hiring a new employee or something. If your new employee is sitting there in front of you and they're like complaining about their old boss or their old company over and over again, it's the same way in this. You know, if you hear your prospective tenant sitting there complaining about their old landlord and this, that, and all these issues, you that's a big red flag I think because that means there's you know yeah maybe it was their landlord's fault maybe they weren't good landlords but in some way there's probably some sort of responsibility of the tenant there and they probably have some sort of a history of just not being very cooperative you know
0: it's possible yeah for sure definitely get that application <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if we could drive it into anyone's heads any more than that exactly yeah Get the gut
1: feeling, but get the application <laughs> filled out no matter what. And and then the next part of it is to actually, you know, read the application and and follow up on things and call references, right? Call, check in with their company that, that they work for, you know, make sure they're employed there. And just, yeah, check up on the references, check up on old landlords, things like that. Make sure everything is, is been filled out honestly. Because I think... Yep. I think if it's if and that's the most easy way to just get rid of a, a tenant is to, is if if you ch- if you check up on something in their application and it's not been filled out honestly, then in my opinion, I would just cut them right there. I would get, I would say no right away because you know there's really no you you shouldn't have any time for dishonesty there. If they're gonna try and sneak something by you on the application, then they're gonna sneak stuff by you over and over again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and if somebody like there's a couple of dead giveaways too. If somebody's personal references, if you're well, I don't even know how to say this. I guess if somebody's personal references, you know, who, what's your relationship with this person? Uh, best friend for for the last fifteen years. Well, you don't even really need to call that person. You know exactly what they're going to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But definitely employers i've had some give me teachers that's good i've i've called teachers
1: yep teachers will be good <laughs> there's one story here that I wrote about in the report of a uh, a friend who's telling us the story of of a personal reference who um i can 't remember exactly what they put how, how what their relationship was on their application, but you know she called up this reference and found out that the reference was actually a police officer, which is normally. Pretty good, right? That would be a pretty decent uh, reference. (laughs) And she she called him up, and the police officer (laughs) had actually arrested this guy in the past and was totally pissed off to hear about this guy um, actually being even free. You know, he he thought he was supposed to be in jail (laughs) and just had horrible things to say about the guy. I, I don't know in that situation what this tenant was thinking. What this perspective tenant was thinking and using that person as a reference, you know, if it was like a, some sort of a joke or something, but
0: a uh, game, I, I guess some kind of a game. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, imagine if, if they were to slip that past you, they basically own you from that point. Yeah. In their mind, they're just thinking, wow, I got that past, past them. I can get away with anything in this place.
0: Yes, exactly. And There's not a whole lot of tenants like that, I wouldn't say, but some of them are professionals. <laughs> that guy was playing a game though, for sure. Yeah, that's some sort of a game.
1: And yeah, call like, call the references. That's the thing too, Is is as I kind of just said there, but when you do call the references, or when you don't call or do call, that, that tenant's going to know, right? They're going to know their friends are going to tell them that you called, right? Or they're you know depending on their relationship, but they're probably going to figure it out somehow whether you're called or not, and so it's really important to follow through if you say you're going to call the references, then do it. you know if you say you're going to check up on their employment status, then do it, and that just shows what kind of a landlord landlord you are, right? It shows honesty from your part and just it just sets everything out properly at the beginning, right
0: Yeah, why make them go through the work if you're not going to check them?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think once you've sorted through that part of it, once you've sorted through the applications, hopefully you have, you know, multiple applications and you can actually um, have some ability to choose the tenant you want, then the next step is is really to do a credit check. And I would say that this step is maybe not, well, I don't know, What in your opinion, do you think it's crucial that they do this every time?
0: No, I don't. But there are some good companies out there that can do that for you. It's not going to it's not going to affect their credit score having it checked. But um, it never hurts, I guess. But I don't always do it.
1: Yeah, it's something like a it's a, a final step, right? If if you have two amazing looking applicants and you're having trouble to decide between them, maybe it it could be a deciding factor. I mean it does you, it does give you some sort of an idea on their history which is always nice to know. I mean I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, deny someone as a tenant based solely on their credit check, but it's always good to know. I mean an applicant can look perfect on paper, have great references, have a great job all this, but just have a a horrible track record financially, right? And you know, maybe that that maybe that doesn't mean that they're missing rent payments. But it's nice to have some sort of an idea what their history is like, I guess. And if there's anything that stands out, you know, if if they've had any serious trouble in the past, then it's nice to just be aware of that, I think. And and it can help you maybe down the road, you know, if someone is coming to you on the 25th of a month and they're saying to you, you know, I'm I'm going to be a week late on my rent next month or something, and you know that they've had like they have amazing credit history, then maybe you can be a bit lenient with that. Whereas someone coming to you on the 25th of month saying they're going to be late and you know that they are terrible financially and they have a terrible track record, you're, you're going to be a lot less likely to let something like that slide, right?
0: Yeah. Well, when you say lenient, you should always file the proper paperwork. I would say when they're late, get the ball rolling. It doesn't necessarily lead to a an eviction, but But yeah, as far as giving them a hard time or whatever, uh, yeah, I suppose you could, you could let it let it go for a little while. I I have had good tenants do that every once in a while and always come back and pay. So yes, you can do that. Totally, yeah. You should. I agree. You should always file that,
1: anyways. And maybe it's only just even for your own mind, right? Just your own sense of like security and stuff to know that you're like to know that that tenant maybe is going to pay or maybe not going to pay. It's nice to just have an idea of their history. Right? Yeah.
0: And I know the credit check is good, but I mean, let's be honest if you're doing a rent to own deal, generally you're going to, your tenants are the ones that don't have good credit mm. that doesn't. And obviously if you're doing something like that, you realize that there are still great tenants out there who don 't necessarily have good credit, so it 's not the uh the deciding factor, but I guess it 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 doesn 't hurt if you if there 's maybe some kind of question in your head about them, then go ahead and get it done
1: yep yeah, it 's an add on thing for sure um, and there 's a great resource if people are looking for some place to check out you know to do credit checks from. Uh, I would recommend checking out tenantverification.com. Good little resource there for people to to do credit checks. You need to become a member there, but it's quite straightforward, and once you're a member, it's a lot easier, and you can just do it over and over again. I think it's, uh, it's reasonably cheap for each credit check, and really, if you're doing it properly, you should only be doing one or two credit checks each time you're looking for a tenant. Uh, so you're not going to be doing them all that often, but definitely that's a good step. And the other thing that... We should talk about that. Is a good, good way to screen tenants. Here is to actually interview them properly and interview them, if it's ever possible, to interview them in their current place where they live, in their current residence. You know, if you can ever find a way to do that, it's it's you're going to find out all you need to know about them, right? And you can you can get an idea of what they're living like currently and what that basically is going to show you what they're going to li- live like at your place.
0: So I that's, think that's that's a cool I've way never to do done it. that, but that sounds well, it certainly would show you how they live now. So I can see how that would uh that would be uh really really helpful. Maybe if uh if there's a reason to do so I could go pick up applications there or something and
1: well, it's tough. Mm, it's, it's tough t- to do. It's t- it really yeah. is. It's not like something you're going to be doing every time, but whenever possible, I think it's just, there's no better way to, to find out what kind of tenant you're going to get than by doing that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, it's probably in this situation where you're deciding between two or three of them or something, you know, and they all seem good and everything. And you, you can't point out a reason to pick one over the other. That's something that could easily decide it for you. And so I... <laughs> You know, there's so much there, right? There's so much in screening your tenants and it's just like writing the ad, you know, it's a lot of work to do it properly, right? But it's just it's an investment of your time. It's an investment in 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 your property. It's 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 putting the time into something useful that's gonna save you a lot of stress and time down the road. Mm-hmm. So it's just crucial that people do this.
0: Yeah, this is a business. People should treat it that way for sure. Mm -hmm. So I guess that about wraps it up for this episode. And we're going to come back with um, Freedom Activator number four. The next time we do this might not be the next episode, but I think it's going to, uh, you know, this is really helpful. There's a whole bunch of things in here that I've never even considered before as well. So when we come back and we do uh, four, five, and six, I would expect the same thing to be true there. Yeah, there's so much, right? There's just so much we can talk about. How long did it take you to write this?
1: That's a tough question. I don't even know. You know, it took me. I, I, I've worked on it for. I guess I'd say a couple months. I I don't. I didn't necessarily work on it every day, but I was, you know, adding to it slowly and uh, and building it up. Also asking different people what they thought about, you know, certain things, right? I probably asked you about, uh, you know, your thoughts on different different aspects of the support. You might not even know that I was asking <laughs> you about it, but, you know, just to get other people's opinions because there's people, landlords do so many different things, right? And there's so many different outlooks and opinions on this stuff. Uh, I wanted to get a, a real good sense of, of what is really right because I, I don't even, you know, Some things that I'm telling you to do here, I mean, I might not even be 100% right on it. But, you know, I'm showing what has worked for others in the past. And and that's what I want this report to be all about.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's what you do, what others that you know do. Um, Everything in here is not an exact straightforward, you know, follow this line and everything's going to be perfect. But there's a, a lot of great advice. Totally. So next time we're
1: going to come back, like you say, four, five, six. I think we might have to split this into three episodes, right? It's a lot, a lot to take in, but I think, I think what everyone should be doing is really downloading this report and then adding to it. If you need to adding some side notes and really taking this seriously, because if you want to do this properly, you want to invest in a way that you're not working and creating a new job for yourself. You want to actually have some freedom then it's really important that you follow these things.
0: And if you agree with something in here or don't, or if there's something that you feel should be added, feel free to let us know what that is. Go on to Breakthrough REI Podcast and just leave a comment on this episode for for your thoughts. Let us know what you think.
1: Definitely. Yep. Give us some feedback, questions, comments, whatever the heck is on your mind. And we'll hopefully address it on the show.
0: Okay, and we will see you all on the next episode of Breakthrough REI Podcast.
1: Yes, we will. Can't wait. Take care.
0: distracting me let give me a sec <laughs>